Greetings, everyone. Welcome. My name is Andy Neal, and you're listening to The Hiker Podcast. Go throw your sticks and those stones right here at my iron bones. Cause I'll take it more than you know, and you cannot break me or shake me down. Go on, take a stab at my heart, sharpen all the knives you got. Cause I'm bulletproof from a shot, and you won't escape me or fake me out. up hikers this is andy neal and you're listening to the podcast that gets to know the hikers behind the trekking poles the podcast that asks the why questions of hiking and that takes me andy new hiker and asks hikers how has hiking changed them and how are they changing the world around them of course you are listening to the hiker podcast hiker podcast is sponsored by so many including cs instant coffee makers of the best instant coffee on the trail if you want to find out how to win a year's supply of cs instant coffee listen to the end of the episode i'll let you know how also canuck outdoors makers of the out of this world as we say later in this episode out of this world carbon fiber cork trekking poles and we have a new sponsor which i'll just kind of tease a little bit more this week um i'll have some more stuff next week wildly good and some merino wool socks i'll talk more about them in future episodes go to hikerpodcast.com for more information on them. And I'll talk about all our sponsors and our Patreons at the end of this episode, but I do want to introduce our next guest. I am super excited to have Andrea Kelly on the show. Andrea Kelly is an outdoor enthusiast, size inclusion advocate, public speaker, and curvy model. She has been with Columbia Sportswear. You all know I love Columbia for over 10 years and now serves as the senior merchandiser for the brand's extended sizing divisions. She spent the last half of her 20-year career in the outdoor apparel industry championing size inclusivity with the intention of changing the industry from the inside out and she definitely is doing that it's been amazing we had an amazing conversation she has been amazing to me um so without any further ado andrea kelly from columbia sportswear Hey there, hikers. I am so excited to have our next guest, who I was introduced to kind of through Jenny Brusso. Uh, apparently, I found out through Jenny, and uh, we've had a chance to talk and, and connect and, and work together a little bit um, regarding inclusion in the plus-size outdoor industry. And we have on the show outdoor enthusiast, size inclusion advocate, public speaker, model, and... Um, the senior merchandiser for extended sizes for Columbia Sportswear, Andrea Kelly on the show. How are you doing today, Andrea? I'm great. It's great to be here, Andy. Thank you so much for coming on. So besides a little introduction I just gave you, um, introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, where you come from, stuff that people in the outdoorsy industry like to know. Sure, sure. So I, um, I'm located here in Portland where the Columbia headquarters are. I've lived in Portland about 30 years I grew up on the East Coast, um, also grew up in Southern California, so I've had my beachy days, but um, have spent the majority of my love up here 
in the great Northwest, doing all the great Northwesty things that we do out here, hiking, biking, rafting, snowboarding, all of the above. Um, and by some weird, strange change of fate, managed to end up in the outdoor industry, which is every outdoor person's dream. So um, I've been really fortunate to have been working on outdoor apparel for the last 20 years. Um, and I love what I do for a living. It's fantastic. So what appealed to you about the outdoors growing up in Southern California and then moving to the Mecca of outdoors, Portland, Oregon, <laughs> what was it that got you into that? What was that process like? You know, it's interesting. I think my first touch of it really got into, we started rafting. I had some friends here that got us up on a raft and got us going down some rivers into me. That was really exciting. But I think because I had really grown up in a beach town with beach climate, being in Oregon was so very different and it was so green and fresh and fertile. Um, you know, obviously people from Southern California can't understand why I would move to one of the rainiest places in the country, but the rainiest places give us great rivers to raft and gorgeous trees that smell amazing. And um, I think just the the accessibility to different types of nature um, really drew me here. So it wasn't just the mountains. We have close access to the river. We have close access to the coast. Um, where in Southern California, not that it's a complaint, but it's all beach all the time. There are worse things, right? But it's it's great to have such diversity here in the Portland area and in the Pacific Northwest um, about the resources and types of nature that are that are available to us. So, what is it about the outdoors that appeals to you and got you excited and getting out there and rafting and hiking and doing all the things that that you can do in Portland? I was I was just recently up there and I'm like, gosh, I'm seeing people like on the Columbia River, like hang gliding while there are people hiking over here while there are through hikers walking through. I mean, it is truly a paradise. What is it about that? That just was like, that spoke to you and like, I want to be a part of that. Yeah. I think a lot of it has to do to, first of all, the accessibility from a location point of view, as I just mentioned, everything's close. Um, so it makes it easy to catch a ride if you need to catch a ride with somebody. But I also think because of the diversity of what our region offers, there's room for everybody at every skill set. You don't have to summit Mount Hood to enjoy Mount Hood, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to you don't have to windsurf the gorge to enjoy time out on the gorge. It's accessible for anybody at every age, at every level, at every fitness level. Um, and I think that's that to me is what is is exciting and inspiring because that means I can do any sort of activity anywhere with anybody that I want to. There's not any limitation there. So. I'm an outdoors person. You were in Southern California. That's kind of my story too. I was in, I was in Ventura, California. <laughs> spent some time in Vegas and then ended up in the Pacific Northwest. A little drier where I'm at, but still, sure. you know, I'm my, my, my first, my first winter here, I thought it was so rainy because I came from Las Vegas in Southern California where it rained like 10 days out of the year. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's, it's rained three days this week and it rained three days last week. What am <laughs> I going to do? Um, and then you go to, I went to Portland for college and I was like, oh my gosh, it rains every day between october to april yeah yeah <laughs> um with that said though what got you into the fashion industry i know you started off with a high school favorite of mine dc shoes company <laughs> that was when i was in my skater phase and then you moved to columbia and what what was it about the fashion industry that appealed to you and then you got into that 
Well, you know, like I said, it was sort of accidental. My my first job actually was with Nike, which is not the worst place to start an apparel career. It's not at fantastic. all. Not at all. Um, and it really was accidental. So my first career wasn't actually in apparel. I don't have a design degree. I didn't go to RISD. I didn't do all the things that all the people do to get into the apparel industry. I came out of Portland State um, with a nerdy brain, social skills, and a psychology degree. <laughs> and I started <laughs> my, my first jobs out of school were working for software companies and doing training like this, this will date me, but I worked for a company and we taught people how to use windows and how to make spreadsheets. So, <laughs> so I was that nerdy girl that could communicate um, and worked for companies that were doing installations, um, got tired of that and finally just worked for a company that did all training all the time and eventually found an opportunity for a role at Nike where they were looking for someone to train their internal folks on systems. So I took a position as a trainer at, at Nike and taught product line managers how to build line plans in their um, in their tool. I taught product developers how to build a bill of materials so they could order raw materials for prototyping, not knowing anything about the apparel industry, but knowing an awful lot about computer systems. So at that time that I joined Nike was when we were doing all of the rafting, hiking, kayaking, and I was the big nerdy one in the family. So I would spend endless hours online at REI.com figuring out what the best tent is, or if we're going kayaking, what do I really need for a PFD device? So I was sort of nerdy in that anyway. And, and having made so many connections at that company by training all of these departments, I, I reached out to ACG, which the department at the time was focused specifically on outdoor product. Um, and talked to the hiring manager and said, I'm, I'm passionate about this product. I'm a consumer. I, I do this stuff all the time. I'd love to be involved. And she said, well, you know all the hard parts about the business. Like, you know the upstream and downstream effects. You know all of our tools. You know how the business works. I can teach you how to make a jacket. And from there, that's when my career started. So just by having that passion for the activities, um, introduced me to an opportunity to transfer my skills from being a nerdy systems trainer to actually being involved in product. So that was the start of it. And where did you go from, from there getting into the specific outdoor industry at, ended up ending up at Columbia and the extended sizes area? So, so as you mentioned, I, I worked for DC shoes for a while. So I, I was in my trainer role at Nike for about a year. I worked in product development uh, in ACG for about four years. Um, so I worked on t-shirts and fleece and eventually worked my way up to technical outerwear and working with high-tech fabrics and gore and seam sealing and all those things. Um, my family moved down to, back to Southern California for about five years, which is when I worked for DC. Um, and for those of you who are listening, yeah, they're a skate shop. Um, but we also had a, a pretty, they still do have a very robust snowboard apparel business. So there, we had a really small team of us uh, that worked on our gear there. Um, after about five years, we decided we really wanted to come back home. So we came back to Portland. We actually moved back into our house that we'd been renting out. Um, and I had a just kind of off the cuff interview with Columbia Sportswear. I had actually come up to interview with another company here and thought, mm, I should probably talk to some other folks if I'm making the trip and didn't even realize that they were hiring. Like I hadn't done any research I just sent out an email and said, hey, I'm going to be up. And they basically said, where have you been all my life? We've been trying to hire somebody in your position for about six months. And it was a slam dunk. So so I came back and I joined Columbia in 2010 as a product developer. So I was still working between the designers and the factories, 
uh, to get prototypes executed. And then after about three more years of doing development with Columbia, um, I decided I was trying, I was ready to take my skills somewhere else. And I sort of wanted to be at the front end of, of the product building process, which was uh, in merchandising. Um, and when I joined the merchandising team, I actually started out, um, you know, definitely transferable skills, but very new to merchandising on one of the biggest high focused categories with the largest microscope known to man, which was the men's outerwear business. Um, so it was a little intimidating, um, but I definitely got my feet wet, um, uh, that way. And since have hopped back and forth between both men's and women's outerwear, um, I did sportswear development while I was also at Columbia or at, um, uh, DC shoes. So, you know, I've definitely gotten my feet wet in, in a lot of the areas of the outdoor apparel industry. Um, as to how I got started with extended sizing, that's a, that's a bigger story. So we'll take a left turn and talk about how that happened. Um, it really sort of happened. I think that the big epiphanies came in 2015 was, a, was a really big change, um, for myself and my career as well as in the apparel industry. Um, there's an organization that we reach out to uh, that we partner with called NPD. And I, I think folks who are listening who are in the industry are probably familiar with them. Um, they're a great resource that shares out all sorts of market industry data of what's happening in the marketplace. So um, seasonally, we check in with them to see where we sit in the marketplace, um, what's working, what's not, what our competitors are up to. Um, and, and they publish things like, what are you know, what are the top 10 consumer electric goods under X amount of dollars, or what's the best selling rain jacket on the East coast and those sorts of things. Um, but in 2015, uh, they shared out some information that was different than they had ever touched on, which had to do with sizing. And that was that, um, they had done some studies and found that 69% of, uh, women in North America were wearing a size 14 and up, which was considered to be plus size, Yeah, uh, yeah. which, and some have said 67, 69, it's somewhere in that range. Um, but that really struck a chord with me for a couple of reasons. Cause one, I'm plus sized. I haven't always been, but you know, in my later years, I certainly have been for a number of reasons. And it was, it was, I'm getting the chills as I talk about this. I do this every time, <laughs> but to realize that the experiences and frustrations that I had had all this time as a plus size consumer, not being able to find things that fit me, find things that suit me, settling for only what's available, that I wasn't the only person. Like it was, a, it was a big deal and that it wasn't, it wasn't just me, but it was most people. Yep. Yep. So, so that again, still chills most people. So to me, that was like a big, oh, okay, this, this is an issue. And, you know, doing the research and understanding that for such a long time, so many people had been overlooked and missed out and ignored by the apparel industry. And then I thought, oh, wait a minute. I'm in the apparel industry. Oh, wait a minute. I'm part of the problem. Um, so maybe, maybe I should do something about this. So that's really when the big change came. So at the time I was focusing primarily on women's plus, because obviously that's where my passion and my knowledge is, but at the same time working on men's outerwear. So there was a bit of a disconnect there. Um, fortunately, what's great, one of the many great things about um, the folks that I work for, my company as a whole, is they are very um, flexible and interested in making sure that the folks who work for the company are doing something they're passionate about. And they really try hard to align us with what makes sense. So I went to my manager and said, I know you need me working on men's jackets. I can make you $80 jackets all day long. Here's what I really want to do. 
Um, and he was fantastic. And we shifted some folks around and they moved me back to the women's team. Um, I reached out to our executive team. We had, it's funny, we have this thing. It's mostly for our designers. Um, at the beginning of the season, we do something called design tank, which is sort of like shark tank where they all come and pitch whatever their idea is for the season. Like what's our big inspiration. And it could be, you know, purple is the new black, or we should be making hammocks or whatever. And, um, this year in particular, in 2015, they invited the merchandising team to also compete. We'll say compete. Um, you get a fun little prize. And I put together a pitch about growing our plus size business and told them my stories and told them stories of other people like me and what the findings were and what the business opportunity was. And, and they said, okay, go do it, which I, I wasn't expecting, but was delighted. Um, of course, with that go do it, came uh, no budget, no headcount on top of your current workload because, you know, that's how we do things. <laughs> um, and I did. And, you know, I'm grateful that we have such a great team of product line managers and developers and fit engineers. And we all sort of gathered together and, and worked on building out the line. Um, but this position that I'm in now, so so I've, I have done that sort of as a side hustle on top of the, the real hustle under the Columbia roof uh, for a number of years. Um, but in the midst of COVID, we had a bunch of reorganizations and restructures. And in November, they actually put a position on the org chart with my name on it to focus on purely and only extended sizes. So the side hustle has become the full-time hustle. And I, I it's my dream job. And what's amazing to me is just this morning, before I got on this call, um, I was talking with someone um, a plus size apparel maker, small time in Australia. And I was saying, yeah, I'm working with some other larger brands in the U S and, um, you know, hoping to work with them. And if people I've, I've always hinted at it on the show, like people, yes, I've, I've been working a little bit with Columbia listeners. Sure. I know I've been like, Oh, this, this brand that's named after a river. It's like, yeah, it's Columbia. You all figured and it out. And to be so, fair, Andy has been wearing yeah. Columbia products since before we met. So that's yes. not my doing. I haven't yes. bought them out. <laughs> and the reason for that is you, you all have what I need no other brand some brands like uh, i won't name them but yeah they their top size kind of fits me kind of but columbia's always had what i've needed and they're getting more and more options you know graphic t-shirts you know i don't know how many people have asked me about that hike your own hike shirt i, I, <laughs> I posted the other day um but i was talking with someone in australia and I, and i was like yeah just i'm working with, uh, with a larger brand here and some other things going on so just you know that just know i just i'm working with them so if i work with you I, i'll have other things going on too and like oh I, I bet you like columbia don't you i just talked with andrea kelly and i was like <laughs> yesterday afternoon it, yes and and thing is like everyone i talked to in the plus size outdoor apparel industry in oregon in the united states your name comes up you are a leader in this industry and i know that has been your goal not to become a leader but to, to really make an impact and change um the outdoor apparel industry is a multi-billion dollar industry what is your ultimate hope to not only change the industry for plus size consumers at columbia but in the outdoor apparel industry in general and the apparel industry. I mean, just having nice clothes to wear to a dinner party is yeah. very difficult, especially if you don't live in a larger town. I, I know for me for a long time before ordering clothes on Amazon and other places where it's a big thing to get clothes, I'd have to go to San Francisco or Portland sure. if I'm down here in Ashland because they don't have the plus size stores here. What has that been like for you? 
So I want to answer that, but I want to back up a little bit to this, my name being known out there. I have to, obviously I'm not in it for the 15 minutes of fame. I've got bigger goals, which we'll talk about, but I have to say that I am so fortunate that I found this opportunity in an established company that has, um, everybody knows Columbia. Everybody loves Columbia. Yep, um, yep. You know, there's this authenticity to our brand, which I love. And I am fortunate to have found my passion and had the opportunity to work on it in a company that has already been doing plus sizes for at least 20 years, right? So I know there are so many brands who are up and coming now and trying to get started and it's hard. So, I mean, for me to, to embark on this career of, I really want to change the plus size industry to fall in the lap of Columbia to do that. Like I couldn't have landed in a better company to make that happen. So I'm really fortunate about that. Um, Back to your question about what my what my bigger goal is and what it's like for the apparel industry across the board. Um, my goal is truly to level the playing field. I want everybody to have the same options. I I want to know that anybody, regardless of what size, shape, age, gender, can find what suits their needs, what fits their body, and what suits their personality. And and I know what that's like because I've had experiences like that. So I have actually seen what it could look like. This was this was sort of another turning point actually in 2015 when all of this news and buzz was going on. I was on a work trip um, doing some market research overseas and had a fantastic experience in a, a department store in Spain. Um, El Corte Inglés is basically the, the Macy's of Europe. Um, and I was drugged by my ear to have some fun and shop in the extended size department and had no interest because shopping at apartment stores miserable and there's nobody near the fitting rooms and <laughs> yep. there's nothing good to choose from it. It all sucks. And and I was hot and tired and I didn't feel like changing. And, and I walked in that department store and had an experience like I've never had in my life where there was so much diversity in the product that they had. It wasn't all for me, but, but that was sort of the beauty of it is that I really got to pick. I didn't have to settle. Right. And I, I came out of that fitting room and everything that I put on, I brought home with me and everything that I put on made me feel amazing. Um, you know, I think about the times that I finally stopped wearing men's snowboard pants and stopped wearing men's snowboard jackets and yanking them down over my hips and stopped worrying about the gear that I was in and just enjoying being outdoors. Like the first time I went snowboarding in a great stretch pant that was built to fit me. I didn't think about yanking up the waist. I didn't think about the hood being too big. I thought about how the snow felt under my feet. That's what I want. I want people to be able to stop worrying about what they're settling for. I want them to find what they need, whether that's in the outdoor industry or in the fashion industry in general. I want you to have as many choices as your neighbor does. That's that's my goal. As the outdoor industry is it's booming right now i have friends who work at rei and they're saying they're having trouble keeping things on the shelves yes um because i mean covid really for all the tragic and horrible things that happened with covid has opened people's eyes to more that there's more in this world than just sitting at a computer and sitting on your phone there's just you know amazing outdoors out there we need to take care of them there's these hiking trails that um that have always been there and so people are buying up stuff buying up tents buying up clothes yeah um but when you do go to REI and you see the ads, when you go online, there is a lack of diversity 
in the people you see. Whether yes. it's, it's, it's generally, and I've said this so many times in the show, it's generally your white guy, eight pack abs, kind of looks yep. like Zac Efron. Right. Um, you got his backpack. He's, there's a big waterfall in the background. The skinny and... white dude hanging off a rock. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, that is, that is changing. It's changing yes. at Columbia. I know for a fact, other, other retailers, um, I, I, I'm, I'm glad some smaller retailers have decided to use me on their website just as a bigger guy. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, our products, our trucking poles can knock outdoors. Um, <laughs> our, 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 thank Ding. you. They sponsor the show. So I, can I do know. That. Um, they, uh, they, they're like, our, our trucking poles will hold up to a 300 pound guy. And yeah. it does because the, the material is also used on Mars. That's like, that's amazing. That so are awesome. you telling me that you have out of this world trekking poles? Anyway? I do have out of this world trekking <laughs> poles. They are amazing. Um, how is the outdoor industry and how can the outdoor industry appeal to those not just in the plus size? Um, cause it, it, that is changing, but to every, everybody type, every person to make us, when I go into an REI, I don't feel like, oh, wow, I, I don't belong here besides just the ad space, besides just the pictures we see. Uh, I think, I think there's, um, so there's three main areas that I focus on in my, in my position. When I focus on making sure we have the right product Two, I focus on education to make sure that folks internally and the people that we work with understand the perspective of a plus size consumer because you don't know what you don't know till somebody tells you something new. So there's an education factor. And then the third piece of it is communication. How do we tell consumers of all diversities that we are there for them? We want to include them, their family as well. So a lot of it, as you said, has to do with ad campaigns and marketing. Um, I can't tell you how giddy I get when I see a Target ad or an old Navy ad and I find the fat girl. I'm like, hey, <laughs> there's my people, right? It just, it lifts me up because I'm I'm part of the fun, right? I get to be included. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I had conversations with some folks earlier on about representation and imagery and whether or not it really, did it really matter? And, and I was asked, you know, if you go into a department store and the, and the big Karen Kane poster shows a plus, you know, shows a thin woman, does that mean you're not going to buy the product if they don't show you? And I said, well, no, I mean, I'm still going to buy things because I need things. Yeah. Um, but what I, what I came to understand and realize is that seeing my body type and diverse body types represented by brands doesn't tell you much about the product, but it tells you an awful lot about the brand. And to me, that matters. And I know you and I have talked about loyalty. And I know that myself as a consumer and talking to other consumers, when you find something that works for you and you find a brand who recognizes and honors you, you're all in, man, right? Like, there are people. So so I think imagery is definitely important. I think making the shopping experience easier for folks to find what they need in store. You know what it is like. It's like, let me flip through all these hangers and uh, nope, not my size with everything that you look at. And it's, it's yes, awful, right? Yes. It's just, it's like never winning in Vegas. It's awful. You get to be like, Hey, 2X, 2X, maybe 3 or or it's kept, it goes from 2X and skips right up to way above your size. Yes. Yeah. It's like, ah, so, well, you know, happy we, for that person, but we, not me. Right. We have a lot of, I have a lot of conversations with our sales reps and with a lot of our retailers of where do we put it on the floor? Do we keep it in the plus department and the big and tall department? Do we split big over here and tall over there? 
you know, or do we put it all together? And there's, it, it definitely depends on the layout. Like I'm going to give a different answer and perspective if you're in a department store that has a plus size pad or a big and tall pad, because those consumers are programmed and, you know, seasoned and that's where I go to get my stuff. It's easy. It's a no brainer. But then there's the thought of inclusivity. Why do I have to go to the back corner in the basement to find my stuff? Gosh, I want to shop with my girlfriend. Wouldn't it be great if all of our product was together? There's complications in that too, because I end up, like you and I just said, flipping through the racks and getting disappointed every time. So making it easy to tell the consumer, hey, plus sizes are located here, or I think Target does a great job where their their hangers are color-coded. I know I'm purple. If I don't see purple, I don't look. It makes yep, it really, really yep. easy. So I think imagery is important. I think making the shopping experience both on the floor and on e-com too. How do I find my stuff? If you don't have plus somewhere, I don't think you have my brand or you don't have my sizes. So how do we how do we make it more obvious and easy to find? I think you and I have, have had conversations about the measurement charts that exist for most yep. websites. So you know actually yeah. what size you should wear and, yep. and making those easier. I got my tape measure here. I just got it from Amazon. And boy. Learn how to, learn how to boy. use this. Good boy. Um, and then I think the third thing too is education. Because I've had so many conversations with so many plus size and big and tall folks who hate walking into a retailer and talking to a college kid who's new to retail, <laughs> who doesn't have the experience, who's maybe a size four and doesn't know what it's like to be in these bodies. And it's, it's uncomfortable. I want, so there is some benefit of me walking into a plus size department because more often than not, the folks working in that department get it. Yeah. Right? They know who I am. They know what fit issues I may have. Um, so there's an education, I think, that needs to also happen on the retail sales floor for the folks who are selling the product. You know, I, I want to get to a point where somebody can walk into an REI or Dick's Sporting Goods, a woman, and not have the their sales rep say, oh, maybe go look in the men's department. Yep. I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, yeah. so, so there's education, I think, that needs to happen with the team. And it'll come. I mean... It, like I said, 2015 is when this really all began. The industry has been around a very long time. So the fact that we're making such headway so quickly, you know, it's it, things don't happen as fast as I wish we went. God knows I'm an impatient person. Um, but there is change. And I think the more change we see, it's, it's contagious, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, you know, I spend a lot of time, I have a really good partnership with folks at REI. As you know, we just talked about the the company that's down in Australia, the, the the community, the plus size community of customers are really tight. They all talk. They yes. find something great. They spread the love. They have yep. a crappy experience. They let people know. Mm -hmm. But I, I think there's also this camaraderie in brands and retailers who are working to solve this problem of diversity in product. And I will say, yes, I have competition. My brand has competition. Good Lord, the more the merrier, really. And I think we all exactly. feel that way because so many people have been missing out and settling for so long. We want everybody to have all the choices they need. And if if it's my brand, fantastic. That's that's what I'd like. That's what my executives would like. You know, if it's another brand for you, in the end, I want you to have the tools you need and I want you to feel good about what you're wearing. It's that, it's that old, old adage that a rising tide raises all ships. Raises all, yeah, I've actually said that in a, in a keynote speech, as a matter of fact. Yes, I believe very strongly in that. And it's infectious, right? We all mm -hmm. want to do the right thing. Yeah. And it's funny how you, you say you're going through the racks and you're like looking and looking and hoping your size <sighs> is there. And then uh, I've had experiences at, at retailers where... I go and I'm like, hey, I'm looking for this in my size, and it's some, you know, 
dude in a 28 waist and you're like sorry we don't have those over here i'm like um sorry i asked oh go right. back you know and they don't yeah. you know some college kid you don't that doesn't really get it right with that, with that said what can people who are jenny brusso uses the term straight size which i like yeah yep. what can our That's... straight our straight size friends who hike with us who backpack with us who go into rei with us our girl girlfriends our guy friends what can they do to support people in the, the fat and plus size community not only with the apparel but also just in the outdoors as we're getting out there knowing that you know i'm, I'm not gonna i'm not i'm not gonna go and and you know first time out you know hike 13 miles in a pack that doesn't fit me in in you know shoes that aren't wide enough what can our straight size friends do to support us in this you know it's interesting that you asked me that because I asked the exact same question uh, on an interview that I did with Marielle Terhart, who's up in Canada. She's a, a plus size influencer. She's amazing. She's Absolutely fantastic. Amazing. And man, I, I recorded everything that she said because her answers were fantastic. So Marielle, if you're out there, I'm borrowing your stuff because I totally agree with it. Um, first and foremost, um, let your friends lead. Let your bigger friends lead. I do not move at the same pace as you. Um, I think mm -hmm. for, for plus size folks who are out there with their friends, hopefully your friends are close enough that you can be frank with them. And, you know, I, I did a hike with my team. We had a team building exercise and I'm always at the back of the pack always. And what typically happens when you hike with a group of people and you move slower, you're a, you're always at the back. They wait for you. And as mm -hmm. soon as you catch up to them, they're like, okay, let's go. Well, I haven't had a minute to, <laughs> to take a breath. So I'm constantly going. And I finally told that to my team and they were like, that thought never crossed our mind. Again, because of like, you don't know what you don't know till somebody yep. says something. So um, Marielle talked a lot about setting expectations and intentions on a hike um, or whatever outdoor activity. I'm the kind of person who likes to stop and take photos. I am not in a hurry yes. to get to the summit. What, yep. What's your plan? And if those plans don't align, that's okay. Catch me on the next one. Um, so I think setting, setting intentions is important. I think setting boundaries and expectations are important. Um, one of the other things that I, that she said that I have started actually putting into place is to stop supporting brands that don't support your friends. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a, there's this great little boutique in Portland. They have a couple little stores here nothing fits me. Like I walk in, I'm like, that looks like a bathing suit. There's like, there's nothing in the <laughs> shop that I can wear. I think I bought some oversized sweaters, oversized, I say in quotes, that fit me perfectly, but I love their jewelry. So, you know, every now and then I'll pop in and I caught myself one time at the back of, you know, fitting rooms are open. I know it's COVID, but if you need anything, let us know. And I looked at the gal like, you know, I'm not going to try on anything in this store. Are you kidding? Like, let's be honest. And I didn't say that, but I found myself at the back of the store looking at some jewelry and I was like, why am I giving them my money? Yeah, I'm not going to do that. And I walked out. So, you know, I think that's something that our straight sized friends can do to help us is to support those brands and those retailers that actually do offer inclusive sizing and inclusive representation. Um, you know, vote with your dollars. Absolutely. Um, so those are some of the, the big things that I can think of that our straight size friends that can do, um, speak up for us. Um, um, here's one and hopefully it's not friends, but I'm sick cause hopefully your friends know better. But if you see folks on the trail who are different than you, don't say things that may be construed mm. as derogatory. Yes. Good job. You're <laughs> almost there. How do you know I didn't go up and back already? Exactly. Yes. How do you know I didn't do this yesterday with my dog and I wanted to take another run at don't. Don't assume 
that because I'm heavy, that I'm not equipped to do this, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and it's interesting because that ties back a lot to the apparel we wear. Not having the product that suits the endeavors that we're involved in gives a connotation that we're novices. Yep. Yep. Right. If I'm not wearing all the technical gear, uh, it's because I can't find it because mm-hmm. brands aren't making it for me. So don't assume, not that I would ever, but don't assume because I'm skiing in jeans, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to wear because it doesn't suit me. So, so I, I, um, I think somebody posted a list and I should find of like, here are the things that you can say to plus size people on the trail. Beautiful day, isn't it? God, I love the colors in your pack. Hey, what's your favorite sports drink? Like, Say those things. Yeah. Don't say, good job. Keep it up. You know, and I, and I see these comments also. Um, I follow uh, Myrna Valerio and her Fat Girl Running page, and they have these conversations all the time about plus-size folks who are out running. They get the same comments where people think they have the best intentions and are being kind and friendly without realizing their backhanded compliments that they're giving. That's uh, one thing I never understood how people make those assumptions, like, I go to the gym almost every day. Yeah. I, I, I hike, you know, when it's not smoky, like it is in Southern Oregon <laughs> right now, yeah. you know, five, 10 miles a week. And I'm coming off a summit or a butte and the person, you know, passively aggressively says, how far did you make it? I'm like, I made it to the top and now I'm coming back down. Yeah. Like, it's just those, those things that you, you make these assumptions. Oh, this person's unhealthy. This person, it's like, no, this is just the body I'm in. And it's, it's doing good for me right now. Yeah. And- you know, it's interesting. I'll, I'll share some, cause I know health is a really touchy subject and I know that mm-hmm. most people look at larger bodies as assuming they have health issues and something changed my mind. So my, my primary care physician has been my doctor since college. I absolutely love her. She's a riot. We get along great. We're probably close in age. And I remember at one point talking about cholesterol and she was concerned and they were going to put me on something or whatever. And I was frustrated about it. So this woman, my doctor, is a runner. I mean, runner, bod, rock hard, tiny, Mm -hmm. petite, right? And she said, I take it too. And I said, what do you mean you take it too? And she said, cholesterol is hereditary. It's genetic. I was like, you mean to tell me skinny little tight bodied you takes cholesterol meds? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah. Physical aspects have nothing to do with health. Mm -hmm. Book by its cover sort of thing, right? And that, I mean, and that really changed my perspective. You truly can't tell by looking at somebody. Yeah. You can't. If you could, you'd be a medical marvel, right? Yep. You'd be the all-knowing medical. Everybody goes to the guru on the mountain to say, look at me, what's wrong with me, right? No, but no it's not a thing. Exactly, exactly. And that's what what our straight-sized friends can do is just support us and don't, when you see someone else on the trail, don't assume. Yes. Yeah. It's so important. Um, be kind. Be kind. Yeah. Be kind. Oh, gosh. and Because it, it, it really does stick with you those comments oh. like uh, anyways um like i said before you you're making a big impact on the plus size industry and and so is columbia they they really are leading the way what is your ultimate hope for the the plus size outdoor industry in the next 5 years as you are really oh. pushing the envelope pushing things forward um you know there's more representation um you know, not only, you know, from the LGBT community and, and racially, uh, gender wise, but also with, 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 you're seeing bigger bodies on, on the advertisements at the shoots. What is your ultimate hope for the next five years? Uh, my ultimate hope. Um, again, I, I, I want 
these consumers to not be marginalized anymore. I want them to have just as many options and choices as anybody, regardless of size. Um, I am hopeful in what I'm seeing in progress with other brands, um, staying committed to it. I, I think early on there were a number of brands who were like, oh, hey, this is a great idea. Oh, there are a lot of people out there trying to spend some money. This might be a good opportunity for us to get in on it, but not wholeheartedly being committed or not fully engaging with the the, the community that they're trying to serve and frankly, bailing. Right? Like we tried it, you know, that happened earlier this year with um, Ann Taylor Loft. And I know a lot of consumers were really upset because there aren't a lot of places for women to go to buy business appropriate attire. And they literally said, it's too hard. And they stopped. Right. I th And I think there are a lot of brands who think it's the right idea, but don't know how to get there. Um um, I think a lot of communication between brands and within the industry will help other companies understand what the right way is to address sizing and how you grade a product appropriately. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm grateful for the brands who are fully committed and fully engaged. Outdoor Research just did a fantastic yes. job. Gregory Pax, absolutely. Yes. But but I, I want... I. What my hope is that there are more and more brands like those brands, like Columbia, who are truly committed and listening to the consumers and engaging with the consumers and finding out what these consumers want instead mm -hmm. of just offering what they think they should have right? yep. um, and doing the right thing and staying committed and, and making it and normalizing, normalizing a diverse range of sizes. And it's amazing when, the, when, the, when the, these well-known outdoor brands and well-known fashion brands do this, it encourages everybody else you have old navy a few weeks ago yes who, the best news i mean it was all that that was like the top story on cnbc that day because old navy their stock i believe owned by gap went through the roof when that oh, announcement sure. made i mean there's the there's the inclusion aspect of it which is the most important of it in in the access access aspect of it but also these brands stand to make a lot of money oh sure well i told you 69 percent of north americans wear plus sizes not going to lie. That's a big pocket of change. Yeah. You know, and, and, and the first pitch that I gave to our executives was like, these consumers have been dying to spend their money. How about we give them a place to shop? <laughs> Come on. I'll, sure. You know, but with the intention, obviously, of, of doing the right thing, not just the money grab, right? It's because it's the right thing to do. And, and and again, you know, I've talked a lot about Columbia and, and being grateful for, for the company that I work for, but they share a lot of the values that I have and doing the right thing is really one of them. Mm -hmm. I mean, from how they treat their employees, um, uh, you know, the things that Mr. Boyle stands for that we, we see, you know, he takes out full page ads in the New York times to talk about nature and what's important with national parks. Um, you know, my, my company really does believe in, in doing the right thing, um, whether that is for the environment or for the customer. And again, it just, it makes me grateful that I ended up being in the right place at the right time. Um, and it aligned with what I'm passionate about. So closing out here, um, being in the, the outdoor fashion industry and being a avid outdoors person, I like to ask every, every guest this, how has the outdoors affected and changed you and made you who you are today? Ooh, where did I have my first big epiphany? Uh, I'm not going to lie. My first big epiphany about the outdoors was in a yoga class on the beach. So I'm going back to the beach. Um, but I see it oftentimes when I'm out in the woods too. Um, 
I remember um, Beacon Speech, North, yeah, North San Diego. We had a yoga class and we finished out doing Shavasana with our toes kind of at the surf, right? And and there's a, a form of meditation that I, I can't remember the name of it, but basically like you zoom out and out and out. So like, first of all, you picture yourself on your mat, then you picture yourself in the room, then you picture yourself in the building and it's this perspective. And because we were literally along the coastline, I could scale out and picture my tiny little body at the tip of, on the edge of North America and then zoom out and like from an earth view from space, like imagine where I was of this tiny, tiny, tiny little speck in this massive, massive, unending enormity. I don't even know what to say. And it just, it puts so many things into perspective for me. For one, that I am such a minuscule object, but I am part of such a big thing, you know? Um, and I feel like that a lot too, when I, when I'm out on the river, uh, or we're camping, like I can envision myself next to this trail and then zooming out and zooming out and being in this forest and just picturing how tiny I am, but how much a piece of something bigger that I am. And I, and I feel that everywhere when I'm in nature. That's awesome. Where can people reach out to you and find you if they wanted to see what you're doing, see what you're up to online and, and maybe even to see what Columbia is doing. Sure. Well, they can obviously go to Columbia.com. Um, if you're in Canada, it's Columbia Sportswear. Uh, I think it's Columbia Sportswear.ca. Um, if they want to reach out to me, they can follow my not so active Instagram at make plus equal. Um, I'm not going to give you my personal one because there's just stuff y'all shouldn't see. Um, <laughs> so the plus size related stuff and, and it, it, I will say even the stuff on Make Plus Equal is probably a bit more colorful than than the things we've discussed today. So fair warning. Um, but yeah, I encourage you to go to the Columbia website. I believe there's a spot there for comments. Um, our e-com team reads, if you buy product and you love it or you hate it, please leave comments online because we run all sorts of reporting to get consumer insights on what's working and what's not. And we use that as we build our product line. So please please leave reviews on your product. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, that's, that's what I'd suggest. And if you're going to come to Portland, uh, look me up on make plus equal and maybe we'll go for a hike. <laughs> Andrea, thank you so much for coming on the show and just for being an advocate for everybody and everybody, everybody in, in the outdoors. Um, and just, I love how every time I talk to anybody in the outdoor plus size industry, your name comes up and you really are leading the pack. So thank you for what you're oh, doing. Flattered. And for, and I've talked a lot about the show, the recent opportunities for me, the opportunities you've afforded me by, by putting my name out there. And it's been, it's been really cool. And I know so many of us in the outdoor community I've talked to have owe you a huge debt of gratitude. Oh. So thank you. Well, you're all part of my master plan. I'll just say it that way. I keep hearing <laughs> about this master plan. <laughs> We're going to take over the world, Andy. We're going to take over the world. You're just, you're just a pawn. I I kid. No, I, and I agree with you. Like, I I mean, like I said, I'm grateful. I get to work on something that I'm so passionate about and it's just infectious. Like uh, the people that I get to interact with and the people that I get to talk to, I I never get off a call without just being invigorated. It just, it just feeds me. So I'm very, very fortunate and grateful for this opportunity for sure.
big thank you to Andrea for coming on the show. I hope you all enjoyed that conversation. Um, just as a person myself who is plus size, but also just to get a kind of inside glimpse of how the, the gear industry works and, you know, these things take time and she's just doing so much. And so many companies are, are really, are really waking up to not only size inclusivity, but in their advertising with LGBTQ and, and people of color and, and women. And so I, I'm excited what's happening in the industry and a big shout out to Andrea because she has just been so amazing to me and uh, has given me opportunities and help uplift this podcast. So Andrea, thank you so much for coming on and being so cool. And, and uh, as I said, you know, in the episode, in the interview, you all been, I've been kind of not hinting, but hinting about who I've been working with. I've been working with Columbia, uh, but this episode is not sponsored by them at all. Um, I, I've done independent things for them. So, uh, but yeah, I do love them because they put out things that I can wear. So that's, I was actually talking with someone else in the uh, plus size outdoor um, realm today. And they said, I wear all Columbia because it's what's out there. It's what I can have to go skiing and outdoors. in. I'm like, yep, that's pretty much how it is. So big up to Columbia sportswear for doing that. Also though, I have to give a big thank you to all of our sponsors, our amazing sponsors. I'm going to start with our Patreons, including our newest Patreon, Mike O, but also Ali, Matthew, Elizabeth, Maggie, Ava, Annette, Renee, Alistair, Stephanie, Mike, Danielle, Danielle, Ren, and of course, Jacob, Tommy, and Deb. Thank you for supporting the Hiker Podcast on Patreon. If you want to support us and get some rewards, go to hikerpodcast.com and uh, just click on the Patreon deal there. And uh, yeah, you can totally help us out. Also, Canuck Outdoors, makers of the carbon fiber cork trekking poles, the best. Uh, uh, for me, they're the best trekking poles. I'm not saying it's the, a piece of gear is the best for everyone, but for me, having gone through three other sets of trekking poles before, I actually snapped some really high-end ones. And I've tried to snap these Canuck ones and I haven't been able to do it. Um, they're, they're been the best for me. And if you want 10% off your polls, go ahead and just uh, click on the link in the description of this episode. And, uh, you'll get 10% off when you use the promo code hiker podcast, and it helps out the show. And they've been a great, amazing sponsor to the hiker podcast. Also see us. It's a coffee, best instant coffee on the trail. And, uh, you can win a free year supply of CSS of coffee. One more chance to win uh, by uh, buying some and then using the promo code hiker podcast. And uh, not only will you get 10% off, but you'll be entered in to uh, win in two weeks. We'll announce here a year supply of CS instant coffee to get you through the winter and into the spring and into the summer, even though it's hot seasons are changing here though. Super excited about that. Going on here as we close out the episode, I just want to thank you all like I do every week, but um, it's been a little bit, I don't know, insane this last week. Um, the podcast got featured on the front page of Apple Podcasts, so we have a ton of new listeners, and it's been super exciting. Um, I try not to be about the numbers when it comes to this podcast. I want this podcast to be about hiking and connecting with people and inclusion and advocating for the outdoors and mental health. Um, but to do this podcast, you know, I have sponsors so I can spend a good amount of time doing it so I can, you know, pay for music licensing, like the music you heard up front, um, that sort of thing. And so I, I like to be able to have information for my sponsors, um, and potential sponsors. So I do keep track of the numbers. Um, just as, as someone who's, who's turning, you know, who's, who's doing a business, and it's been really cool to see, you know, rankings in the outdoor and wilderness podcast. You know, we're, we're getting up there. And 
it kind of made me realize something. Um, I've had a lot of people come up to me and be like, oh, wow, I loved you doing how you talk about mental health and inclusion. And um, your podcast got me into the outdoors. It got me outside again. Um, and we as a generation, if you're my age, I'm, I'm 39 years old, but we as a society, we've gone through a lot in the last 20 years. We're coming up on the 20th anniversary of 9-11 and lots happened. Of course, during 9-11, there was the, the terrorist attacks that we lost so many um, that ended up um, subsequently perpetuating two wars and um, changed how we live, how we travel, how we how we do everything. Um, that day changed so much and so many lost so much. We've lost so much since then. Um, we've had a digital revolution. Smartphones came into the world. Back in 2000, 2001, we had flip phones. I didn't even have a flip phone in 2001. I didn't get my first phone until late 2003. So my first cell phone. We had a financial crisis that flipped everything on its head where we, we are for during many of us in our formative years, um, we couldn't get a job out of college. Many of you, if you're older than that, you, you lost your job. Your house went underwater. And then there's this pandemic that's happened. And the last year and a half, every time there seems to be a little glimmer of hope, like, oh, we're going to get out of it. And then Delta variant or whatever, whatnot. There's been unprecedented political and um, social upheavals and change advocating for racial equality, LGBTQ equality, rights of the disabled, gender equality, like we haven't seen since the 60s. And we've been through a lot the last 20 years. And as I, I, I listen to people and I talk with people, I realize that the outdoors is a great equalizer. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what your ability level is that the outdoors is truly healing. Now, like I've said so many times before, going the outdoors, going hiking, getting on a river, whatever, it doesn't, doesn't replace mental health services. It doesn't replace seeing a counselor. Don't stop taking your medication if you're on prescribed medication. But there's something about it that connects us with each other and connects us with the earth that we, we reside on. When we're out there, and we don't have service and we can't check our Instagram when we're out there and we're depending on the earth for water when we're out there and we're walking through a wilderness area and connecting with each other undistracted by technology, by what's going on, by, you know, the problems back at home, back at the office, back at work. The outdoors truly is healing. And it truly has changed me and my life. And through this pandemic, if there's one bright spot throughout this entire pandemic, it's that it has gotten so many of us outdoors. That so many of us have discovered the trail, have discovered hiking. That so many of us have realized as much as, you know, I love technology, as much as I love living in a city and love culture and 
in theater, in art. Something about the quietness of being outside speaks to me. That's almost an oxymoron. So as we continue on, as we look at these anniversaries, if we look, as we look past the back to the, the last 20 years, we see a lot of crazy things, unprecedented things have happened in the span of 20 years. Like it's been insane. But I would encourage you get outside. Whether that's hiking, whether that's kayaking, whether that's just going for a walk in your neighborhood, whether that's whatever, camping. Connect with the outside. Unplug. Sit. Listen to the breeze. Listen to the water. Listen to the birds. And enjoy what's going on around you. The outdoors truly is a magical place. And I'm so grateful for it. And I'm so grateful for this community. I'm so grateful how the outdoors has brought so many of us together. And when I say it's a great equalizer, it truly is. Because I have I have connected with people from all over the world. From every background. Because of the outdoors. And I'm so grateful for it. I'm so grateful for what it's given me. So as we're looking back through everything that's happened in the last 20 years, get outside if you're able. Breathe in fresh air. Some of us, because of the last 20 years and the environmental upheaval, it's hard to find clean air. I know where I'm at, that's kind of the problem right now. But disconnect for a little bit. Turn off the phone. Drive to where you have no signal and just rest and abide. Listen, be still. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Hiker Podcast. Thank mm-hmm. you.